Dinks! Welcome to Dennis in the Know. This is your backstage pass for current trends, politics, and education in the dental world. I'm Dr. Jeff Horowitz. With me is Dr. Jennifer Bell. You know her as JB and Dr. Chad Duplantis. We are all practicing dentists. We are all educators and we are all business owners. Our job is to bring all of you in the know. Hey, gang, it is springtime. It's after work time, but more importantly, it is hump day. That means it's happy hour for the dinks, the dentists in the know. This is your backstage look at current trends, politics, and education in the dental world. Though we are live for a change because we had people away, we had things going on, but we're back live. The band is back together again. It's live and it's over a cocktail. I'm Dr. Jeff Horowitz. My co-hosts, as always, are Dr. Chad Duplantis and Dr. Jennifer Bell. And <laughs> it's a good thing I have the ability to pull my them name. up because they're trying to give me a hard time and not be <laughs> on the screen. But we are your dentists in the know. And our job is to bring the dental community together by bringing all of you in the know. We have an incredible guest tonight, yeah. right? We, yeah. we have a true legend in dentistry, and I'm so excited uh, about our guest tonight. Uh, not just because I've taken so many tidbits from him, but because almost every dentist I know that's good at case presentation and good with case acceptance uses some of this man's uh, principles and some of what he teaches. He's been doing this for a long time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, how does Conan do it? Paul Homily is with us today. Oh, there you go. Paul Homily, right? Like Conan would say. Um, really stoked to have him. It's, it, this is going to be a great program. Can't wait to see where the conversation goes. But, um, but first, JB, it's been a while since we've gotten any news. So but from a news perspective, a couple of things. One, I have to remind you all, we have, what is today's date? The 22nd, 23rd? 23rd. You have eight days to get your filings done for um, the HRSA funding. So if you receive second round funding, you have eight days. I do know that there's additional funding that's open as well. So if you're still needing to supplement and, and offset some losses and challenges. And, and frankly, I'll be honest with you, I was looking at our January and February numbers and it wouldn't surprise me if dentists were having a tough go um, just based on what we were seeing. There definitely was a, a bit of a downtrend again when Omicron kind of had its big spike. And I would imagine that was fairly consistent across the profession. So um, I don't know that we're completely out of this. And for those practices that were struggling, there is additional funding available. So I would encourage you to take a peek at that. Um, there is open comment period. So OSHA has decided, we talked a little bit about this last time, but it has become official that OSHA has decided it'd like to take its temporary standard for um, aerosolized uh, matter and turn it into a permanent standard. And as you know, permanent standards that currently exist for us are bloodborne pathogen, hazarded, hazardous materials. Those are the ones we currently operate under. They would like to add an additional infectious disease standard. Um, there is open comment period. I will post those dates if you have the bandwidth at all to be available. 
Um, I actually had an employee or sorry, I have a patient who works for the FDA pretty high up in like testing and looking at various products and that type of thing. And she said, Jen, let me tell you, please comment. I encourage you to comment because we were actually specifically talking about the dental implants because they're very deep in digging into dental implants right now and 3D printing. Those are both on the FDA's radar. And she said, we are required to read every single comment and we must acknowledge that we've read it and and compile that. And if we get enough comments that reflect the same thing, we have to reflect that in our regulation and ruling. So while I know it feels like you're just blowing wind into the, the open desert, no one's really paying attention to what you have to say. They do look at it, how it impacts decision making. I don't know, but at least you can say you participated in the process. So uh, OSHA is having open comment period for the infectious uh disease standard that they are considering moving to a permanent standard. So I'll post those dates that just came out yesterday. So uh, we are really in the know right now, mm-hmm. really in the know. Um, a couple other things that Jeff, Chad, any questions about that concerns? Uh, none as of yet. Okay. Keep me posted. The uh, code maintenance committee, which we love talking about in the spring every year, has come up with some updates on their current codes. And the interesting thing here is we've got two things happening simultaneously. We've got our normal code maintenance program that happens every year where all organizations and different players in the dental industry are coming together and submitting requests to change codes. They want to add codes, take away codes, modify codes, et cetera. Then subsequently, we also have the second group who's looking at a fundamental change in the CDT code makeup, making it look a lot more. They put the fun in fundamental. They might have sucked the fun out of fundamental. So we've got these two things happening simultaneously. So this is normal maintenance of the maintenance code. And this is uh, in conjunction, there's the whole revolution of the CDT makeup, which would look a lot more like medical. One of the interesting things is um, there's been a huge campaign for HPV and HPV vaccines amongst the dental community. Looks like you can now administer HPV vaccines in your office and be reimbursed. There is a code now for that. Will insurance carriers pay for that? Should you be well-versed in medical coding? Yes, if you want to do that. But there is a CDT code for that. Um, Jeff, I don't know. This was kind of interesting to me because there were six codes added for tomosynthesis. Are you familiar with that at all? Because I felt almost synthesis. Synthesis. It's an emerging intraoral imaging procedure for the capture of a comprehensive radiographic survey. So it's interesting because they have, as of right now, they have um, where you can capture an image. And then they have a code for generation of uh, the the images. But I didn't know that they were subdividing it even further. Yeah, I don't know. So there's also four new codes to document 3D dental and facial surface scanning procedures. I think that's an interesting change. Um, Interesting. Right. Now I'm uh, in the know. Aren't you? Mm Mm-hmm. There are two noteworthy changes that you should note. 
The D0210 code is no longer specifies the number of images captured for this procedure to be reported. The type number of images needed for a comprehensive survey is determined by the dentist, um, which I'd have to go back and actually see what that code was. And then a little bit of modification of the full debridement code as well. So those are nothing actually are shattering in that one other than the HPV vaccine reimbursement. And that comes off the heels of pushing for COVID-19 vaccine reimbursements and diagnostics as well. All right, guys, I have one last piece of information and then I'll introduce our speaker for tonight, cool. or our guest. I have something to say after your one last piece of information. So maybe there's like more people that have things to say besides you. I'm just saying. That, I don't even, that can't possibly be true. Yeah, we could talk. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Carry on. <laughs> you guys are so up. cranky. I know there will be peace when you are done. So there is, I need to dig into this a little bit more, but remember we talked about Medicare and how you could opt in or opt out if you wanted to be a provider or not. And even if you opt out now, I believe, as I understand it, patients can still file for reimbursement, which I think is good for patients. And that was a big win, that even if you yourself are not a Medicare provider, they can still get compensated for their visit. Um, so I'll try to post a more succinct piece of data on that. So if you have Medicare patients that are coming in for procedures like Jeff, you know, for procedures that are related to sleep dentistry, you may be considered on a network for Medicare, but they may still be able to file for reimbursement, which I think actually is a win for both the providers and the patients. And I'll, uh, I'll agree with that because, and, and I think as we see more changes to Medicare benefits and other parties actually offering Medicare benefits, the plan Fs, things like that, I can tell you from the sleep medicine side that we're seeing much improved reimbursement um, mm -hmm. from where we used to be when it was just Medicare administering these plans. Now, third parties like United Healthcare and Humana and, and all of these other companies are actually administering um, Medicare plans. And yeah. um, it, it's really, it, it's been a breath of fresh air because we've absolutely had improved reimbursement from Medicare for sleep services. That's awesome. Yeah. Chad, you wanted to say something? Yeah, kind of. So <laughs> thank you for your lovely news. I mean, it's always just You're so welcome. riveting. You're I'm welcome. so excited about some of the opportunities that you laid before us. But hey, uh, you don't know this, JB, uh, because we haven't that talked about this. makes me nervous. This. No, this is good. Jeff and I met with this company in Chicago uh, called Dental Ray. And um, Jeff, you've been gone. And I had an awesome meeting with Dental Ray today. And you guys started talking about, you know, a little bit about CBCT. Dental Ray is about to shake the world of dentistry in the way of interpreting CBCTs and doing a lot of things with CBCTs and actually providing reimbursement pathways for us dentists through CBCTs. That's basically just plug and play and we don't have to worry about it. Um, in talking to them today, I realized that my ROI could go up just in incredibly 
for my CBCT and actually get reimbursed for the things that we do rather than just charge what they cost. So to keep an eye out for Dental Ray. They're not sponsoring this by any means whatsoever, but we will have them on the show. And I can't tell you how excited I am to have them on the show down the road because I think there's some really, really big changes coming in CBCTs for dentistry. And I think Dental Ray is kind of leading the way. So will I finally get my wish, Chad? Yes. My wish, when I go to sleep every night and I'm saying my prayers, I always pray that every single dentist in the world will have a CBCT in their office for comprehensive treatment planning. And um, it's a no-brainer to begin with. And with medical reimbursement, that available, um, uh, there's that's just going to take any excuse for someone not to have one in their office away. Yeah, I totally agree. I think this is going to open the doors for so many dentists to really see the power of CBCT and the availability of, of what we can diagnose and treat. I, I think it's just going to be so amazing. So we will have them on the show shortly, but I just wanted to throw that teaser out there because I'm, I, I mean, I'm excited about a lot of the companies we met with in Chicago, but Dental Ray is just wow. So yeah. Did you see that Align is going to start integrating CBCT? Uh, that just makes me even more happy. Yeah. Did so. you see that, Hefe? I did not. Yeah. Uh, well, there are a couple of Aligner companies that have been sort of claiming that that's their differentiating factor is that they'll integrate a CBCT. And, and there's so much to be gained from that. Oh, of course. Um, so totally I think it's exciting to see that, to your point, Jeff, the little prayer that you pray every night. It also is helpful when the technologies that we're all using every day, whether it's Invisalign or other Clariliners, are supporting the capture of those images and giving us more power with that data. I mean, the data is only as good as what you can apply and do with it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so when you see companies also starting to embrace who aren't in the CBCT business, but embracing the power of that information, I love it. I love, I love it, it too. Well, why don't yeah. you introduce our guest, JB? Has he been? And I'm going to drop out and work on his slides for a second. So y'all go ahead. All right. Okay. So I um, was really lucky to be introduced to Dr. Homily uh, with a good friend of ours, Eric Roman, who I went to dental school with. And um, he was a guest of our program probably a little over a year ago. And he was very gracious enough to make the contact for me um, because I've I've heard of Dr. Homily. I've seen him speak. I, I've witnessed the lives that he's changed and impacted in the dental profession. And I thought this is somebody we need to have on the show and have a really open dialogue about, you know, being a clinician and, and all the values that he can provide to us um, in, in treatment planning and in case acceptance, but also as communicators, because whether he's teaching you how to be a good dental educator or dental speaker, there's a lot of tr uh, value that comes when you learn how to communicate, whether it's with an audience or with an audience of one being your patient. And so I'm so blessed and excited to have him on tonight um, and to share some of his experience with us and to help, uh, I don't know, shine some pearls and light into, into our profession. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Golf clap. 
All right. A big, big round of applause here. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much, JB. You know, we're talking about CBCT, the complex dentistry, aligner orthodontics. Let me ask you guys a question. Let me ask you a question. What's the most difficult thing about complex care dentistry? Is it the technical delivery of the dentistry or is it influencing the patients to accept care? What's the more difficult path here? What is a great lead-in question because having done this for 30 years, there is no question that it's the latter. The, the yeah. dentistry yeah. is the easiest part of what we do, learning how to do it. It's getting the patients to understand their problem and convincing them that this is something that should not only be important, but valued by them. Yeah, and, and, and absolutely, yes. And the, the whole idea of what do we focus on? You go to the Chicago Midwinter Meeting and there's umpteen programs and 90% or, or more of those programs are on how to fix teeth yet how much is invested in helping practitioners become mm -hmm. more influential, more interesting communicators with their patients. You see, the culture of dentistry, the culture of dentistry really doesn't want to study influence. We want to educate. We want to mm -hmm. educate our patients. We want to tell our patients, here's your problems and here's how we can fix it. We can do it method one, method two, method three. What do you think? And that problem right there is, it's the same problem we had 30 or 40 years ago. We still have it today. The big difference is, well, think about this. Imagine it was 30 years ago. 30 years ago, before digital, before a cone beam, before a liner. 30 years ago, if a patient came in with severely um, infected, periodontally infected teeth, and they had to have all of their teeth extracted, what would be the most definitive treatment plan you could offer a patient 30 years ago? A denture. A denture. And Cold 30 steel years and ago, sunshine. Yes, exactly <laughs> right. And, and 30 years ago, what would be the total treatment fee for that extraction and the denture, and maybe you do some reline? What would you be in? Maybe the thousand to fifteen hundred dollar range, maybe about thirty years less, ago, right? Yeah. Okay. So let's fast forward today. Same patient comes in, full mouth periodontal problem, extract the teeth. What's the most definitive treatment plan you can offer the patient today? Denture. Well, Im implant, implant retained dentures, and you know, absolutely yes. And is that is that a fifteen hundred dollar treatment plan? Absolutely no. not. No. Absolutely not. That could be thirty or forty thousand dollars. And yet, and yet, when you go back thirty years ago, thirty years ago, the the process for treatment acceptance was all based on what the gurus told us at the front of the uh, front of the room. Educate your patients. Show them their problems. Floss their teeth. Let them smell the floss. Show them the X-rays. Patient educate. Educate, educate, ed educate. And that whole mentality about our role being the educator has not significantly changed in the last 30 years. And, and what tonight is about is that I want to make a real strong case. And here it goes. I believe that patient education, and, and we, won't use, uh, we won't use the slides, Chad, 
Let's just okay. take the yeah. Let's just take the slides out of it. They're there if you need them. You let me know. Good. No. Hey, I appreciate that. While you were working backstage there on the slides, I just decided to kind of shift gears a little bit here. Hey, Dinks. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast today. Remember to rate and review your favorite podcast. Subscribe and enjoy what you like, or it goes away. Okay. Okay. So. I'm going to make a statement right now. I believe that patient education as a factor of influence is horribly overrated in dentistry. Let me say that again. I believe that patient education as a factor of influence is horribly overrated in dentistry. I believe the role of patient education is really two things. Number one, patient education is about prevention. How do we, how do we help patients take care of the teeth, take care of the dentistry we've provided for them? Second reason for patient education is consent, making sure patients know benefits, risk, and alternatives to mm -hmm. care. We as practitioners have used patient education as a way of hopefully influencing patients to accept care. Now, that works pretty well when the cases are modest, when that patient comes in and has you know, $1,500, $2,000, dollars worth of dentistry. You show them their problems. You give them an idea about what you can do. You talk about their insurance a little bit. It's not a big deal to tell you the truth. They aren't looking for lifetime relationships with patients. Most modest care young patients are looking to get in and get out, and that doesn't make them wrong. However, when the pay, when the fees get up to eight, ten, twelve, fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars, this whole idea of education begins to lose its impact. And what I'm going to suggest to you is that as those cases get more complex, it's less about educating patients and it's more about understanding patients. And that's the point at which at which I believe that most dentists need to reach to be able to evolve from modest care, dentistry, operative, simple crown and bridge, to more complete care dentistry. The shift is from educating patients to understanding patients. Now, here's where we run into a problem. Let's say you're a, a mid-career dentist, you've been down the road maybe five, eight, 10 years, <clears throat> you've been doing bread and butter dentistry, you're pretty successful at it. You run off to the Institute of the Milky Way, you come back armed with CBTCs and implants and all the goodies, and now your, your treatment plans that you offer are no longer a $1,500 treatment plan, but now they're a $15,000 treatment plan. And yet, you try to present the care the same way that you presented the $1,500 plan. My point is, is that as the case fees go up, our emphasis needs to shift from educating to understanding patients. Mm -hmm. That's my first point. And I'm just gonna pull up right here and get some comments from you guys. Uh, well, I love that because a lot of times, I, I'm not doing it all right. But a lot of times when I'm doing those larger treatment plans and I go through the, because unfortunately there are now with technology, I mean, to your point, 
if it was 30 years ago and it was extractions and dentures and we were pretty much done, that was the extent of the conversation. Now we have to talk about the 16 different prosthetic devices that I can build on top of implants or, you know, do all these things and, and right. trying to get patients to understand that. And at the end of every conversation, I'm like, and now we just have to figure out how to marry what you want, what what you can afford, what works like function and aesthetics. What is it that you ultimately desire with what technology will allow you to have? And then when we find that perfect intersection, then we figure then that's your treatment plan. And, and, and it's taking it's not like this is why you have perio and this is how you got to this point. And, you know, it's. It's really trying to get all of their goals and aspirations to align with these very complicated treatment plans to ultimately give them something that they can learn to live with. And to your point, risk benefits and alternatives. You, you know what makes you know what makes treatment plans complicated, JB? Us? We <laughs> do. <laughs> we yeah. make them complicated. Right. And you know, and, and my skin started to crawl when you started talking about explaining to the patients all the different prosthetic options. Oh man, just shoot yourself. Yes. Yeah. You're stop. not going anywhere. Just stop that. Stop that. Yeah. We're the doctors. We're in the know. We know what is best in terms of their medical and dental and psychological history. Present that treatment plan. And Paul, that's said, uh, that will be I a big that. step. Yeah, you, so. you said you said two things that really uh, stuck out to me. First of all, great use of the term "in the know." By the way, very nice. Second is understanding because you, as well as another gentleman named Stephen Covey, had a tremendous impact on me and how I communicate with people, and that was really the first step in becoming a good case presenter was that term understanding, understanding what the patient feels and what they want, which you address beautifully in your four chiefs. I don't, I know I'm foreshadowing here, but, <laughs> but, but, but it, it's something that really stuck with me because I've always tried to understand what the patient is wanting and needing. You know, and they're two separate things a lot of the time, which you addressed in your lecture. And I'm like, this is this is such a perfect marriage is really just getting to understand them and then dropping all this technical stuff that we get into, because it's hard to teach a dentist how to understand mm -hmm. a lot of that stuff. You're certainly not going to teach a layperson in a 10 minute treatment plan uh, about all the different options of implant dentistry. That's that's exactly right. You know what I'd like to try here, uh, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shoot for it right here, Chad. <clears throat> I'm gonna have you role play a patient. Okay? okay, you're gonna be the patient, and I'm gonna be the doctor, and I'm okay. gonna take you through the process of the four chiefs. All right, Jeff, you mentioned it earlier. The four chiefs is the four chiefs are really the foundation of my work. The four chiefs are. The first chief is chief condition. What, what is the condition that, that brings the patient into the dentist? The second chief is called chief disability. The disability is, is how does that condition interfere in the patient's lifestyle? How does it get in the way? Does it get in the way at work or at home? How does it bother the patient? The third chief is called chief benefit. 
The behavioral benefit is what the patient seeks. It's always the opposite of the disability. And the fourth chief is the chief fit issue. The chief fit issue is the patient's life circumstance that they're in right now. Do they have kids in college? Are they building a new home? Are they changing jobs? What's going on in the patient's life that we need to accommodate for? Okay. So, Chad, I'm going to give you the role. Okay. Um, you're, um, you're a By the business. way, Chad is a great layperson. All right. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Okay, Chad, um, you are a university professor. You're married. Your wife um, uh, is a stay-at-home mom. You've just had twins. Um, you're looking to leave the university to start your own business. Okay. You've had problems with your maxillary anterior teeth for years. University insurance never has been very good. You've got some discolored composites in your front teeth, and it's a little bit of a problem for you. Students forgive you, but you're going to go into the marketplace, and you just feel that you need to be shinier and a little bit more confident. Your, your wife mentioned that to you. Okay? Okay. okay. Chad, so, are you going to bring up your halitosis? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. And, and so what we're going to do, what we're going to do is, and, and don't make this too easy or too hard for me, Chad. Okay. Okay. okay, okay. Let's just kind of play it straight. So first thing that's going to happen is I'm going to know that you're an adult complex care patient before you come into the practice. How do I know that? Because I have trained my team to identify adult complex care patients over the phone. Consequently, I'm able to give you an appointment first thing in the morning or first thing in the afternoon with nothing in my other column. I'm gonna have time enough to talk with you. And, okay. and remind me, I've got something for your audience here that okay. will show them how to triage over the phone. That's awesome. So, it's first thing in the morning. I've got nothing in my other column, Chad. I meet you in the consultation area, and we start. Uh, Chad, hey, I'm Dr. Paul Homley. Welcome to the practice. You know, I'm looking at your record, and I see that you live on York Road. How long have you lived in that area of town? Hey, Jeff. Apparently, it's come to our attention that you and I suck at the news. Yeah, Chad, um, I, I've actually kind of known that for a while, and, and that's why what we've had to do is give people more of what they really deserve, which is more JB. So we actually have a segment now called News on the Go with Dennis in the Know. In fact, I like the idea of JB's News on the Go with Dennis in the Know. So stay tuned for that. It's its own podcast. I'm really excited about it, and guess what? There's no Chad and Jeff. Well, Paul, um, well, Dr. Homley, I apologize. My um, my front teeth have just been really bothersome. I had some fillings done several years ago. They're picking up stain. I'm a little bit self-conscious about it. My wife says it's okay. The students don't really notice it. But, you know, I'm thinking about getting in the workforce, and I really would okay. like Okay, you're giving me too much information. Oh, just, just, just say, I don't like my teeth. Let, let me bring it out in you, okay? I, I just don't like the way that they look. My okay, I, I understand. Now, um, your, your teeth, is this a problem more for you at work or at home? Tell me, how does this, how does this get in your way? 
I don't know that it gets in anybody else's way, but it gets in my way because I notice it every time I look in the mirror. And so it bothers me maybe more than anybody else. Okay. I see here and I'm looking at your record. I see you're a university professor. Yes. Statistics. All right. Statistics. How long have you been at the school? Seven years. Seven years. Is that something you're planning to stay with? Is that a long-term commitment for you? Well, if I get tenure, yes, but probably not. I okay. think I might go elsewhere, and I'm actually looking elsewhere. Okay. Is that, does that have something to do with your decision to come in here today? Yes. If I'm going to start the interviewing process, I think that uh, it, it may be noticeable to others. Okay, sure. I have a lot of patients who come in who are entrepreneurs or salespeople or entertainers, and they feel that their appearance uh, could be really improved by doing something with their teeth, so I understand. So other than your front teeth, Chad, is there anything else that's concerning you? You know, not really. It's just, it's just, uh, it's just really an appearance issue, and I'd like to improve that. Okay. Is your wife, does she work at the university too? No, she's a stay-at-home mom. We just had two twins. Oh, you did. You did. <laughs> wow. Well, my, my kids are off the payroll. That, uh, that train has left my station a long time ago. So I'm curious about something. It's your front teeth. You really don't have any other concerns. Um, and you've said it's been a while since you've been to the dentist, Chad. Tell me, why now? What, what's going on now that makes this important for you? Well, I guess I wasn't perfectly clear. I, I, I'm thinking about branching out of academia and I am looking into other opportunities and I know that I'm going to have to be in front of the people. So I, I would just like an appearance that's more appealing to others as well as myself. Okay. I understand. Let's do this then, Chad. Let me bring you in back. Let me introduce you to our team. You'll really like the team here. And let's see what we can do about getting you really confident in your appearance. How's that sound? That sounds like a, a winning plan. Okay, let's just stop the role play right there. Now, what I just did is I discovered the four chiefs. Okay, chief, the chief condition was his dark and front teeth. But what's Chad's disability? How does that get in his way? His lack of confidence going into yeah. the new job opportunity. Absolutely. And so once you know the disability, then you automatically know the behavioral benefit, which is what? What's the behavioral benefit he seeks? Confidence. Confidence, especially going into the new job. You see, when you can get more specific with the behavioral benefit, then it seems less generic and more honest. What, what's a significant fit issue going on in his life? A fit issue meaning a life circumstance. What is it that we need to think about? What is, the, what is Chad going to be thinking about in his decision to accept this type of dentistry? The cost of raising the children versus the cost of fixing my teeth. Absolutely. He's got a stay-at-home spouse. He's a single earner. He's going to be leaving his job, seeking a new job, the dental expense. There's a lot of things that are going on here in this very short conversation, okay? What, what did we learn? One of the things that is really key, especially with patients with chronic conditions, chronic conditions, missing teeth, orthodontic issues, airway issues, 
longstanding cosmetic issues. When patients present with chronic issues, or when they say, boy, it's been a while since I've been to the dentist, what did I ask? Once it became obvious to me that Chad hadn't been to the dentist in a while, what question did I ask him that was really pivotal in our conversation? Do you remember that? Yeah, it was uh, why uh, you asked me why I hadn't been to the dentist in a while. What made what made him come to you today? Yes, yeah. it's what? called the why now question. Right. Yeah. Okay. Why now? I mean, you know, I'm looking at your record here, Chad. You, it's been a couple of years. Why now? What makes dental care important for you now? And that will reveal number one, an upcoming life event, mm-hmm. or number two a change in his personal fit issues. The fit issues are his life circumstances or both. So when you see a patient with chronic conditions, after you get to know them a little bit, don't ask the why now question too soon because it's kind of personal. Mm -hmm. What you want to do is let the patient get to know you a little bit and get and understand the patient a little bit more. Then near the end of the conversation, so, you know, you say it's been a while. Why not? What's going on now that's important? And typically what you'll hear is an upcoming life event or a change in fit issue or something or both. Does that make sense, everybody? Absolutely. It does. And, Paul, I have to ask a question right here because, you know, I'm I'm kind of a personality profiler in my practice. And so where does that fit into your gauging these patients with the four chiefs, you know, I mean, you know, some people are just going to give you the, the short, uh, you know, why now? I don't know. What's yeah. wrong with your I don't know. And, Absolutely. And so how do you, how do you fit that into Great your, question, your chiefs? Mm-hmm. You Sorry. know, I used to get into the disc profiling and, and all of that personality, you know, is this patient a driver? Are they, a socializer? Are they an analytic? And, and the more I tried to figure them out, the less authentic I felt. Okay. But you've got a gift that, that I think that some people don't. You have the gift to perceive that rather than analyze that. And so I think that's yes. where, and, and, yeah. and that's where I feel that that my gift is is that I can kind of perceive that rather than analyze it. So none of that stuff means a lot to me. But I think that you know we have to take that into account, and you have to gauge people based upon their initial responses as well. Sure. And and if a patient isn't forthcoming, then I just move on. I just move on. If I say, well, how can I help you today? Well, I don't know. I, it's been I haven't been to the dentist in a long time. Really? Why now? I don't know. My wife sent me in here. Yeah. I understand. And I'll just move on. However, however, remember the the focus of this conversation is about a patient is about evolving out of tooth care dentistry more into the complex care dentistry. Typically the patients are going to be older. Typically the patients are are much more vigorous healthcare consumers. They go to their cardiologist, their podiatrist, their urologist, the chiropractor. They're older. They're over 50. We're more savvy healthcare providers. Patients with significant dental problems want the dentistry. It's, it's personal for them. 
They want it to be personal to you too. And so by allowing the patient to get to know me a little bit, I talk about my kids. My kids are off the payroll. What I'm doing here, Chad, is I'm trying to keep you in the role of person and not put you in the role of patient. Mm -hmm. And And it, go ahead. No, I I was just going to say, what, what's your biggest tip that you could give for the non-communicative, non-communicative patient? You know, the one that, that just is just so clammed down. Let's do it. Okay. You just clam down. Okay. Let's repeat the (laughs) exercise. I, I, I love it. Let's do it. Okay. Um, Chad, I'm Dr. Paul Homley. Welcome to the practice. How can I help you today? I don't like my teeth. Um, oh, wow. I'm sorry to hear that. How long have you not liked your teeth? I don't know. Okay. D- did you like them yesterday? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is, is, is there anything going on for you right now that makes um, uh, dental care important for you? Not really. My wife just told me to come in. Okay, I see. Most of my patients are concerned about the cost of care. Is that something that you're concerned about? Yeah. Okay. Well, what we'll do is after we do a good exam, we'll sit down and we'll talk about the cost of care and see how that would fit into your budget. Would that be okay? Sure. I'm done. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm going to, you know, Jay doesn't want to talk. If he doesn't want to talk, I don't want to talk. That may be my fault as a practitioner. I try and find the common we denominator. We try and break them down. <laughs> I try and find the common denominator in every single patient. You know, I'll like, at that point in time, I'll look at, you know, I'll look at you, Paul, and be like, oh, you're wearing a polo shirt with a colored pony. I've always wanted one of those. You know, I mean, I always try and right. find something to just bring something out of them. And I find that it usually works, but there's going to be those people that you're just like, you just leave the room and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to pull every hair out of my head because they wouldn't give me anything. Yeah. Well, you know what? There, there's always the outliers. Yeah. And there's some people that aren't going to talk and there's nothing you can do about it. And um, and I would say if, if there was a secret sauce to all of this, it's not about being a communicator. It's not about being a speaker, but it's about being a really, really good listener. Yeah. And, 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 and being curious, I want to be curious about what is it about your teeth that's bothering you? I want to be curious about if it wasn't bothering you, what lifestyle benefit would that bring to you? I want to be curious about how does this need to fit into your life? Is this something that we need to do now or later or a little bit at a time? You see, I'm going to have certain pivotal questions that are going to go into this. And then I'm going to listen very carefully. All right. Now we're going to do the exam. Okay. We're going to do the exam. During the exam, I notice, yes, you've got a lot of discolored composites across your maxillary anterior teeth. You also, you also have um, four and six millimeter uh, periodontal pockets in your posterior teeth. And you're missing all your upper and lower first molars. Of course he is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Classic. Chewing on his front teeth, breaking his front teeth down and stuff like that. Now, during the, after the exam, 
after the exam, I'm going to do what I call the post-exam discussion. You're still in the chair, Chad. Okay. You're still in the chair. Okay. Now I sit the chair up and now I'm going to talk to you. You ready? Yes. Um, Chad, you know, I've had a, a good chance to look at your teeth and study your x-rays. You know, and I see a lot of good things about your teeth. You know, when I examine a patient, we look for a variety of things. So we really start with the general overall relationship of the upper and the lower teeth. And in your case, it's pretty good. When I evaluated your x-rays, I looked at the density of the bone. I didn't see anything that was bothersome. I didn't see any cysts. I didn't see any evidence of prior infection. When I looked at the soft tissues, the soft tissues of the mouth are the gums and the tongue and the palate and all those areas. About 5% of all cancer occurs in the mouth. And I saw no evidence of that. Your soft tissue not associated with your teeth is actually pretty healthy. And one of the most important things about your dental health is that your medical history looks pretty clear. I see you've got a sensitivity to Demerol. A lot of patients have that. But one of the most important things about good dental health is good medical health. So overall, you're, you're, you're in pretty good shape. Now, I know that you're concerned about the appearance of the front teeth. I've got a lot of patients who have old fillings like yours, and they find that over time, if they don't do anything about it, the, the fillings just continue to darken. And I know that's your prime reason for being here. I also noticed that you, did you know, did you know that you had some low-grade gum infection in your back teeth? Did you know that, Chad? thought I had some pyorrhea, but I wasn't sure. Okay. A, a lot of patients, a lot of patients are unaware of that. Typically, we find that when a patient's been away from a dentist for a while, that the gum infection can lead to severe mouth odor. It can cause uh, some patients the bone around their teeth to die. Um, is, is this something you're concerned about, Chad? Is this something you'd like to talk to me more about? Well, I, I really didn't think much about it until you mentioned it. But okay. Now, yes. Okay. Last thing I want to talk to you about is the missing teeth. Uh, I'm sure you're aware that you're missing your. How did how did you lose those teeth? Um, I really don't don't remember. Okay, I I had some wisdom teeth taken out when I was in the Navy. Uh, the Navy dentists are quick to take out wisdom teeth. Let me tell you the problem with missing teeth. I, typically, when I see missing teeth, the teeth around the spaces kind of drift in. Teeth move slowly like glaciers. And one of the problems with missing teeth is it, it causes the relationship in the bite to change. One of the prime reasons for tooth loss is tooth loss. Missing teeth cause other teeth to be lost. Is that something that you're concerned about? Now that you mention it, yes, it is something that I'm concerned about. Okay. Let me do this. Uh, let me go in back. I'm going to put together a, a care plan for you, and I'll be back in a few minutes. Let me stop right now. Okay. What did I just do? I made you, number one, aware of all your conditions. Number two, I stated the consequences of those conditions if left untreated 
in patience similar to you. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't threaten you with your condition. I didn't say you were going to lose teeth. I didn't say your infection was going to get worse. I said patients like you. Okay. So one, I made you aware. Number two, I gave you the consequences of those conditions if left untreated. And number three, I asked you whether you were concerned about those conditions. And for each condition I mentioned, you said you were concerned. Okay. But you, you provided everything in a positive manner and you brought me into the conversation. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I, how did I start the conversation with you? Uh, well, basically, did you know and, and does it concern you? Yeah. Well, actually, before that, I said, you got a lot of good things about your mouth. Oh, of course. Yeah. You were very, you were, sandwich. what do they yes. call that? Kiss, kiss, kick or something like no, that? The you sandwich know? technique. Yeah. yeah. You were, you were I, I was noticing that in the beginning you were, and that's exactly what I try and do. My treatment plan presentations, bring out all of the positive and then, you know, I mean, and it was, and then congratulations, you woke up today. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And, and, I, and, and I call that. Positive. Sometimes that's all you have. You're, You're very yeah. That's right. And, and I call that positive framing. So the post-exam discussion, especially, Chad, for the complex care adult patient, right? Chad's not a happy guy. He's not happy about his teeth. He's got missing teeth. He's got a lot on his plate right now. I need to give him a big dose of good news. I need to create a positive emotional momentum going into my conversation. So I want to start with the good things about his teeth. What Paul, let's, yes. I'm sorry. We're, so we're, we're actually starting to run short on time. We're getting close to 930. Okay. So what I don't want to miss is how, I mean, this is amazing stuff. I mean, just what I, we did in those. I had no idea what time it is. Yeah. <laughs> So we excited. all forgot what time it was, but but just in those interactions and the role playing, I mean, really, we we've learned an incredible amount. I think what what everyone out there wants to know is how can they learn more about case presentation and getting patients to say yes in the dental chair? Yeah, a couple ways. Number one, uh, go to my website www.paulhomily.com. Go there and click through, it's on my homepage, it's called Treatment Acceptance Mastery. And it's online programs, There's it's a curriculum uh, program based on my books and all sorts of experiences working with dental offices. It's a great place to start, called Treatment Acceptance Mastery. And, and I mentioned to you earlier uh, about that initial, uh, that initial conversation with patients, a lot of dentists will tell me, Jeff, well, I don't have time to do that. Well, th- there is a very specific scheduling technique. And, and if, you're, if your listeners would text, pick up your phones right now and text to the address 55444. Text the word schedule. Text 55444. And text the keyword is schedule. And what they'll get, Jeff, is they'll get a, a job aid. They'll get a, 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 a process chart to show how to identify complex care adult patients on the phone 
So you can appoint them first thing in the morning, first thing in the afternoon. So you've got the time to have this conversation. Um, so, I mean, this is incredible information. And for everyone out there, the reason I knew a lot of the answers <laughs> to what you were asking is because I followed you for a long time and you've had an amazing impact on the case acceptance in my practice. And literally, there's not a lecture that I do where I don't mention your name and say, and and uh, we've never met personally. Other no, we than haven't. Yeah. Me just sitting in your courses, but there's never a course that I do that I don't mention, you know, seeking out your knowledge for case acceptance, because there's really nothing that has done more in my practice than one, learning that I have to understand where my patient is coming from. And two, from a dental perspective, figuring out the information that I need to help my patients make the right decision and not overcomplicate the case presentations, uh, which is a big summary. But Paul, we would love to have you back. Please. Uh, maybe do a part two if if you'd be open to that. Sure. Um, yeah. We'd love yeah, to but um, but I'm going to say thank you um, and and thank you for everything you've done for for my practice over the years. Paul, I'm a tough customer. I was in a trance. I had no idea what time it was. I mean, I was so enjoying that. Thank you so very much for the time that you spent with the role play and everything. It was amazing. Truly, yeah. truly amazing. I feel like we only got halfway through it. We have I, to have a part two. Yeah, but yeah we'll I, have I, a part two. We'll do a part two. In part two, what I'll do is now I'll present you care based on what you're concerned about and what you're not concerned about. And in it, I'll weave in your fit issues, your disabilities, and your behavioral benefit. All of it will come together. And I'll do it in less than two minutes. You know what? What I'd like to do, I'm going to propose this to the group. Let's pick a time that's good for Paul. Let's do a recorded session and then let's air it. And then that way, that way everybody can get the full Paul and, and whatever he needs so that we're not running into bedtime and putting kids down time. Cause I had to get the twins to bed. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody. Well then, then Jeff or JB, you guys just let me know when and where and, uh, and we'll roll with this. I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. And it actually, you know, when we couldn't put the slides up, I thought, let's just do some role playing. So, Chad, you I were terrific. That. That oh, uh, thank you. I appreciate it, Paul. I really was in a trance. I had no idea it was yeah. 930. I'm like, I'm like, this is great. Give me more. So thank Give you. Give me more. Yeah, okay, when, guys. when you said ignorant lay person, I mean, and yeah. you picked Chad right away. It was just perfect. It was actually okay. some of the most intelligent commentary he's had on the show thus far. So, Paul, for that, you are an amazing communicator. Outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. Okay, everyone, one more time. Text uh, 55444, keyword schedule. You'll get that uh, scheduling piece. You'll really enjoy it. Bye for now, everyone. Bye. Okay. Good night, Paul. Thank, Thank you. So Thank you. another podcast for dentists in the know on behalf of dr jennifer bell dr chad duplantis and myself remember that we've got a great profession so let's make it a great day dinks